Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland. The Jets keep on rolling on. We're bringing the good luck. I got the green on. You got the green on. Different shades of green. But Cynthia, this feels like a kind of a different Jets team than what people are used to. I mean, this Jets team has a lot of momentum. It has a lot of fun. Other than the injuries, which I know we'll get to in the first quarter, it seems like there's just a lot of hope and excitement. And I'm hearing from Jets fans in my mentions being like, let's go. It's very exciting. It's all good. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. My green actually looks green on the camera today. The injuries that you or well, the first quarter, let's just start from there. Brees Hall, Elijah Verrett Tucker, both done for the year. And this is like the saddest part about football. You hate to see it no matter who it is on what team. But for the Jets, these are two key contributors, two starters, both coming into their own and both young core pieces for the Jets. Let's just start with Brees Hall. Yep. From weeks four to six, this guy had 396 scrimmage yards. That mm. ranked most among running backs in the entire NFL. Ugh. He accounted for almost 45% of the Jets' total touches. That's the seventh most in the NFL. Super impactful. I mean, look, like... It, I, it's just very, like, it's sad. Like, I loved Brees. This was so much fun. To, but you know what? He'll be back next season, and we'll be ready to to watch him again then. And the other thing about Brees Hall is, like, he was on track for another 100-yard game on the ground. Would have been his second in as many weeks. And he had the 62-yard touchdown run at the time in which he, he had that. It was the fastest run among ball carriers, according to Next Gen Stats. And then Kenneth Walker one-upped him later that afternoon. But this is really an unfortunate injury, not only because of what Brees Hall means to this Jets team, but like he was really coming into his own and he had just won Pepsi Zero Sugar Rookie of the Week again. But moving forward, and we'll talk about James Robinson in a minute, how, how do you think this changes the maybe the complexity of what the Jets want to do offensively? Well, I mean, it was smart to bring in James Robinson. Obviously, there he's a little bit different of a back and we'll get into that. But I think that what it really does is, you know, it's kind of there was a good flow and a good chemistry going. And they had a lot of like the playbook design that you saw the running backs on the field together often and figuring things out in that regard. Now, I will say that the Broncos defense is a very, very formidable defense. So the fact that he had, what, four carries for 72 yards and a touchdown before he left, like that is a ridiculous outing even before. So, you know, it. it there's something special about him specifically and his ability to be elusive and his ability to earn yards after contact, but also the chemistry with the team will take a minute to get back in flow, especially with no Elijah Vera Tucker. Right. Let's get into James Robinson a little bit because, and then we'll talk about AVT because James Robinson, Joe Douglas acted very quickly, like Brees Hall out for the year, ACL Sunday, James Robinson on the team within two days and the Jets giving up a conditional pick. It was reportedly a six-round pick. And so if you're unfamiliar with what James Robinson is, what he can bring, like when you're looking at it, Cynthia, I think it's very interesting because two years ago, 2020, undrafted rookie, he's like sixth in the NFL in rushing yards, and then he kind of falls out of favor in Jacksonville. So from your seat, what happened and why was he available? And then also what do you think he can add to this team for the rest of the season? Listen, last season, let's just put an asterisk on anything to do with the Jags because onward and upward. Now they have a coach that you really think is one that you want to, you know, look like 
maybe maybe people in New York don't necessarily love coaches in Philadelphia, but Doug Peterson had a lot of success there and he did it really well. So, you know, in the right way. So now you have a coach that is using him differently. And obviously, like, look, Travis Etienne has sort of taken over that offense in the past couple of weeks. But he Robinson had, what, 263 scrimmage yards and four touchdowns in the first three games of the season. So he clearly, like, gets it. He has a lot of utility. The, they were just going in the direction of Travis Etienne, someone that they drafted the year prior, like, you know, getting him back from injury. It kind of is sort of a win-win because, like, hats off to Joe Douglas. Like, that's a really nice return on investment. That's not a pick that you expect to turn into something really, you know, you're not expecting someone who's going to be like all pro in the three seasons. Right. So that's a really smart pickup. And James Robinson, he's not the, the as dynamic or elusive as what we saw from the start from Brees Hall, but he has a lot of utility and he can break tackles and he can also earn yards after contact. And with Michael Carter, like this, this, this is, this is a really smart move for almost no cost. Robert Sala called Brees Hall a home run hitter multiple times. Obviously, he had the 4-3 speed, and we've seen that. Using a baseball analogy, is it fair to say that James Robinson is just like a doubles hitter, considering he averages 4.5 yards per carry, but he might not have the the top-end speed that maybe Brees Hall has? Yeah, I, I, I love that analogy where everything comes back to Moneyball, right? Because, you know, the <laughs> Oakland A's had a lot of success with those double hitters, right? Like, just get on base. You don't necessarily need it to be a home run every time. That's what we've seen from this offense. They figured it out. They're starting to, like, you know, create the opportunities. And we did see a lot of twists from Michael Carter last season, especially and early this season. So you have to remember, like, it's the combination of the utility of the position. So include everyone at that position and everyone in the run game, not just one specific. And look, I'm not suggesting that James Robinson is a perfect replacement for Brees Hall. No way. Brees Hall was showing us something. This was a guy who was like, I don't know, like rookie of the year was not, you know, offensive rookie of the year was absolutely like within reach on this one. So it's not going to be the same, but I'm just saying that you're mitigating your losses here and you're giving yourself the chance to win. And then moving on to Elijah Vera Tucker, First of all, incredible job that he did just this season when let's go back to the end of his rookie year. He had just started 16 games at left guard. The Jets signed Lakin Tomlinson. He's like, okay, I'll play right guard. They're like, hey, we need you at left tackle next week. He's like, okay, I'll play left tackle. Hey, we need you at right tackle next week. He's like, okay, no problem. I'll play right tackle. And he's played very well at three different positions just in this season alone, excluding the way he played last year at left guard. And now, unfortunately, Cynthia, I feel like every week we talk about the shuffling up front. And this one is a pretty big shuffle considering how valuable of a piece AVT is to this team. And so what do you what do you like? Where do you go from here if you're the Jets? And I know that on the horizon, there's Max Mitchell and George Fant returning. But in the meantime, you're talking about like Cedric Obwehi, a former first round pick in that right tackle spot. I mean, the good news is, is because of the shuffling that has gone on, other people have experience playing along the line as well. So it's not like this is a team that was, you know, these are our five. This is what we're starting with. We're not ever changing it. We've only taken snaps with these five, nothing different, right? So the good news is, is they have a little experience with some shuffling. The bad news is, is you're replace abt's production i mean in that game prior to leaving he'd allowed zero pressures so that's a big deal a very big deal so like i said it's going to take some scheme it's going to take some smart running so just keep it so that everything is downs and distances are manageable and that'll be the goal but again 
you know, for better or for worse, because they've shuffled things around so much that it's not going to be as big of a, like, you know, the impact is a little bit mitigated. The Jets have had the injury bug bite the offensive line more than any other position going all the way back to training camp with Makai Becton going down. Then Dwayne Brown signs. He gets hurt in practice. He misses the first four games. George Fant goes down on IR. Max Mitchell, who was playing well, goes down to IR. Now AVT, the last, but AVT is done for the year, whereas Max Mitchell and George Fant could return and are expected to return within the coming weeks. That's how we put a an end to the first quarter because that was like a that was a tough thing to talk about. You know, it's unfortunate. It's part of the game, but now moving on to the second quarter, we're looking at this Jets Patriots matchup week eight at MetLife Stadium. With the way the Patriots have played, it's it's an interesting kind of conundrum in terms of quarterback. Mac Jones doesn't have the same stats that Bailey Zappi does, but Monday night, Mac Jones starts. Bailey Zappi comes in. So what do you expect right now, as we don't know, because Bill Belichick hasn't said anything yet, but what are you expecting? Who is going to be under center on Sunday afternoon at one o'clock? I like that you say like Bill Belichick hasn't said anything as if when he says something that that's going to change things because we obviously saw they're going to go with who they think is going to give them the best position to win. I mean, as one would, right? Like they're going to completely stay in line with that. Excuse me. I think that, the majority of this game will probably be dictated by Ramondre Stevenson's ability to be useful. And you know, the jets are not very nice to opposing rushers. So it seems like if you're looking at Bailey Zappi, okay, so let's just, we'll set the table here <clears throat> in his two starts. Patriots scored 33.5 points per game and went two and zero point differential plus 52. Now again, asterisk here, that's Detroit and Cleveland and the three games Jones started. And then he finished. They scored 16.7 points per game and went one and two, the point differential of negative 21. Now that's interesting because it, it's, it, that's not, that's not super telling in general. What I think is more interesting is probably Zappi's passer rating. It's 132.2 on downfield passes. Those are 10 plus area attempts, four touchdowns, one interception, which is 73.9 points mm. higher than, than, than Mac Jones's rating, which is 58.3 on such passes. So that's, that's an interesting gap, but I think in general, no matter the, the tone will be dictated by Ramondre Stevenson in the run game, but which quarterback it's, it's going to be, this is an interesting one. This is going to be a very interesting one. But you think like based on what you just said, statistically Zappy has outplayed Mac Jones, or do you think that that's partly the way that the games were, were called against the Browns against the Lions, and that made Bailey Zappi seem like a better player. I think that what it tells you is that Bailey Zappi made the most of his opportunity against two defenses that were missing significant pieces in, you know, I guess their secondary, but also in the Lions case, the Lions didn't pressure Bailey Zappi once, not one. So that's going to be a lot different against this Jets front that is very good at getting pressure on the quarterback. So I'm interested in this game, just in general, the Patriots will game plan will be to limit their turnovers. They're 30th in turnovers in the league. Of course, the Jets rank 10th best defense in terms of getting turnovers. So it's they're going to try to dictate, like, let's not be in unmanageable downs and distances. So in my opinion, I would imagine, I would be shocked if it's not Mac Jones that they start. Like, that seems to be their guy. But again, I, I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again, but it feels to me like, you know, despite all this Bailey Zappi, like 
love and what's going on, it it feels to me like they were probably go back to to Mac Jones. Maybe he wasn't 100% last game against the Bears. We didn't know. You never know, right? Like you can come back, you can be above the threshold to come back, but not be 100% to play. Uh, the other thing to keep in mind is even if Mac Jones does start in this hypothetical scenario, how short of a leash does he have? We saw Monday night couple nights ago, like Mac Jones starts and you're like, Oh, okay. It's going to be Mac Jones. Doesn't play well. Bailey Zappi comes in. Seems like the Patriots are going to roll back to a victory. And then he doesn't play well in the second half. And now the Patriots are not accustomed to their record. We'll put it that way, because this is a team that's been so dominant for the past 20 years, just in my lifetime alone. So it's going to be interesting to see what happens come Sunday and really what happens in the days leading up to that. Cause the jets for the majority of their past, like three or four games, have been playing or preparing for two quarterbacks. Week four in Pittsburgh, Mitch Trubisky, Kenny Pickett. He comes in at halftime, Pickett does. Week five, Dolphins, Tua's out, Teddy's in, Teddy's out, Skylar Thompson's in. Then this past week, it's going to be Russ. It's not Mr. Unlimited because it's Brett Rippon instead. So this has kind of been the theme. By the way, hold on. Before we hit halftime, I need to ask you this. Did you see the tweet today about Russell Wilson saying what he did on the airplane to London? Did you see this? Okay. So it is an eight hour flight from Denver to London. And Russell Wilson said that for four out of the eight hours, Russell was either one stretching in the aisles or two doing high knees in the aisle while his teammates were sleeping. Okay. You believe it? I, I, you know, for whatever <laughs> reason, I believe him. I, it's just weird. Like, like maybe just don't say anything. You know what I mean? Like, you don't need to comment on everything. You don't need to. I don't care what you're doing on the airplane. I, you know what? Like, you're flying over. The, like, why? Why are you commenting on that? Like, what? Who cares? Like, I just, okay. Like enough. I think he's trolling us at this point. I truly think he's trolling us. So, okay. So I'm going to, that's the second quarter. We're in the halftime now because I want to keep going on this before we get into Halloween. If you're on an airplane and you wake up Cynthia from a dead sleep, Let's say you're going from California to Florham park. Cause you want to see a jets game and you want to come to the facility and you wake up and all of a sudden your aisle neighbor is doing high knees in the aisle. What goes through your mind? Well, if it's just for like a minute, I totally get it. But if it's for the whole <laughs> plane ride, I think it's really crazy. But like, look, okay. So I run marathons and I run marathons in locations that aren't California because my goal is to run one in every state. So I have to take a plane back after running a marathon. And when you get a little like, you know, like your lactic acid builds up and you got to stand up and like move around for a minute. I get up, I walk up and down, go to the restroom, whatever, do a little like, like just like quad stretch or whatever, like, you know, loosen my hips up and sit back down because so it's fine. Like, especially on these long flights, like, of course, get up, stretch out, like don't sit there in one place. Like you don't need to be a statue, but like the whole time. Yeah. Yeah, four, well, four out of the eight hours. Who does hours, eight hours? Like, who does eight hours of high knees, please? Who, who does who does more than like twenty five max minutes of stretching? 
I, I mean, mean, unless I you're an athlete, stretching. then I guess I mean, maybe, I guess, but. I don't know. I just think it's, but like on the plane, like what are, yeah. we, like, what are you talking about? Like, yeah, that's bad news. This is that's silly. That's bad news. But, but also, by the way, even if you did, just let someone else say it for you. So then you right, don't sound like exactly. an idiot being like, my Wolverine blood made me heal faster. Oh, but I'm not playing. And now I've stretched for <laughs> that Wolverine blood comment was so, I was like, what? did you see the, did you see the commercial that made its way across the, uh, the internet late last week? I did. Yeah. The sandwich commercial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he's trolling us. He is messing with us. Like he's it, got to be messing with us. Yeah. At this point, at this point, I hope he is because if he's not, I have some serious questions. But uh, yeah, uh, one more thing before I ask you about Halloween, because I need, I didn't know that you wanted to run a marathon in every state. That's awesome. It's kind of ridiculous. So yeah, let's be I want to, I, I want to golf in every state, but like not nearly as, as physically exhausting as a marathon. It takes about the same amount of time, you know, doing 18 holes <laughs> yeah. in five hours, you know, yeah. it's not bad. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so you, you run the marathons, I'll do the golfing teamwork. It makes the dream work. Perfect. Now, Perfect. now, in terms of the most important question, your favorite Halloween candy is what? Okay, so here's my thing about Halloween candy. It is very dicey to give someone too much chocolate because I love a Toblerone bar, but like that's <laughs> it, like it can melt. Like there's a lot of things that could happen along the way. So Halloween candy situation needs to be in like the fun size, like, like and maybe not chocolate. So it's not like melty or whatever. Like yeah. there's no, you know, there's no problems that could potentially happen with it. So I'm going to go like very, very, I understand it's all sugar. It's not good for me, but Skittles, just Skittles. Sour Skittles or regular? Both. Any Skittles are good. Any, like all flavors of Skittles are great. I, I, I very much enjoyed that you distinguished between Halloween candy and just overall candy. Yeah. Different. I don't really want you to give me chocolate. Like, are your hands hot? And then it melts in my Halloween candy holder. But, but, like, but what about like an individual packaged, uh, I don't know, M&M's pouch. Like the same thing as a Skittles pouch. Just it's M&M's. I mean, M&M's with a candy shell are better, right? Because like it keeps the chocolate from getting, like, I just think it's weird if you get like, you know, that melts a little bit, then it reforms. And you're like, what? happened yeah but yeah I, I would I just it. hope that that would never happen i know you'd think but i don't know weird stuff happens i'm gonna disappoint you big time right now um last week and before we got on the air you said what are you going to be for halloween and i have a big time disappointment i'm not gonna be anything why i don't know i, I don't have halloween plans syracuse plays at 12 noon Sunday, I can't do anything because of the game, so it has to be Saturday. I'm not going to go out Saturday night. Monday on actual Halloween is, uh, I don't know. I just It doesn't really appeal to me. I don't Are know. you at least handing out candy to children? If, if children would like to walk up four flights of stairs in my walk-up apartment building in Hoboken, they're more than welcome to have candy. You know, I'm more than happy to give out the candy. I just don't think that they're going to be crawling up and down or walking up and down the stairs. It's hard for me to walk up the stairs every day. It's it's a workout. Now, you're going to go all the way up to the fourth floor. If you do it, I respect it. I'll give you a king-size candy bar. I mean, but the candy is the fuel. That's yeah, how they that's get fair. up the stairs, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I would definitely give out candy. I just don't think I'm participating. And I know that's going to disappoint you. However, I've thought of another answer that might, salvage it my best costume 
uh, was definitely Ricky Bobby in high school. I had the full, like the full wonder bread suit. That was a good one. My buddy went as, uh, as I don't know, Cal, the guy with uh, the old spice. So that was Love good. It. Um, and then in college, the house that I lived in of six guys, we went as the mighty ducks. We all had different mighty ducks jerseys. And I, so, the, the team costume is the best in college. We, I don't know if you remember the show double dare. We did double dare and it was so, it was the best costume we've ever done. Like a team, team double dare. It was great. And was great. what are you going to be for Halloween? I'm going to be, so on game day morning, we have to dress up as a team and okay. say whether they're a trick or a treat. So I will be dressing up as a tiger to wow. see if the Bengals are a trick or a treat. I like it. Yeah, very nice. Very nice. It's going to be something. Always <laughs> love that. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a that's a plug to, to watch NFL Game Day because you'll know if the Bengals are a trick or a treat. Cynthia Freeland always has the answers. And yep. The, that, that was a pretty good halftime, I think. You know what? It? It's a great but, halftime. It's a great halftime. Okay, so let's move on to the third quarter then. Wait, let's, did you say your favorite uh, candy? Okay, so no, I didn't. Thank you for calling me out. My, I, it's hard for me. I love candy, all forms, whether it's chocolate, whether it's like Skittles. So for me, for me, it's Reese's, like Reese's peanut butter cups. And yes, they're not Reese's in my opinion. They are Reese's cups. Damn it. And so I like Reese's. I like Twix. I like Kit Kat, M&M's, chocolate or peanut. Don't care. And then uh, candy wise, Sour Patch. So I, li that, I, I, I like them all. I'm with you. My problem is the is the delivery mechanism. Other people gross me yeah. out. You know what I mean? Like yeah. that's why the kit I love Kit Kats. Like if I'm like I buy myself Kit Kats sometimes, which is very <laughs> weird. <laughs> um, okay. I, I lied, but <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying this out loud. My friend and I in college went as Kit Kat and we got red shirts from Salvation Army. They're like five bucks. And we wrote Kit on one and Cat on the other. And it was like a huge debate who was going to be Kit. And who yeah, was which be one were you? Which were you Kit or were you Cat? <laughs> which do you think I was? I think you were Cat. I was Kit. I was Kit. Kit. We, we both wanted to be Kit and I <laughs> I ended up being Kit. Uh Anyway, you won the debate. I like it. Yeah. I like it. Yeah, we, it was a whole thing. We had to call. We, it was like a phone a friend. We had to call somebody to see who would be a better kit, who would be a better cat. Phone and, a friend. Uh, I love yeah. it. I'm yeah, it, but it needed to be like an unbiased friend who had no idea what was going on. So it was more like an acquaintance. <laughs> it was so funny. You're like, hey, Susie from Lab, um, can you tell me if I should be kit or cat? Don't worry about why. Thanks. Bye. Is that yeah, what happened? Pretty much. It, it, I won't say the kid's name. But we, we were like going through our contacts, like who's random enough that like, but friendly enough that could answer this. We found the guy, we called speakerphone, like, hey, this guy and I are being Kit Kat for Halloween. One of us needs to be Kit. One of us needs to be Cat. Who do you think would be a better Kit or a better Cat? And, and he, he gave the answer and it was in my favor. And so I Perfect. was Kit. Very scientific. I like it. It was for a Candyland themed party. So great, everyone, that's a yeah. really good idea for a, for a theme party. That's a yeah. great idea for a theme. I might yeah. steal that someday. Go for it. Uh, anyway, that was unexpected, but I loved every minute of it. Now we're in the third quarter. We're extra fueled up thanks to our Kit Kat. 
And uh, this Jets rush defense, you mentioned Ramondre Stevenson a little bit, obviously a power bruising back. My, my, I keep saying this to myself, Cynthia. I wonder what your thoughts are. I keep telling myself, like, Bill Belichick wants to take away your strength. Well, this Jets defense is really, really good in two facets. They're and pretty much every facet. The way that their secondary is playing right now is pretty top-notch. So let's say the Patriots, in my opinion, are going to want to run the ball and control the clock. Do you think that's the way that they will attack it too? 100%. I mean, that's what they've been doing in general. Um, it's not that much different from like the strategy of how you know Zach Wilson's developing in their offense. Whoever's an under center, they're going to want to give him opportunities to complete passes, get in rhythm, and not have to be forced to face like, you know, the combination of the Jets front coming at you with pressure and the secondary blanketing all of the receivers. So, I mean, just Ramondre Stevenson in general, set the table here, 554 scrimmage yards and four rushing touchdowns in his last five games. And by the way, he's one of six running backs with at least 500 scrimmage yards and four rushing touchdowns since week three. And you know who else one of them was? Brees Hall. Mm. Yeah. But, you know, point being, point being is... When you look to see what's what what the strategy is, they're going to use Ramondre Stevenson to keep whoever's under center from those turnovers, right? 11 drives that Jones has been under center or, you know, out of shotgun for, it's ended in an interception and then, or a turnover on downs, that's 32%. And then only six times has that happened to Bailey Zappi, it's 15%. So again, different defenses, of course, and this is a much more difficult defense, but you know, at the end of the day, if you're going to get Ramondre Stevenson going, then you have the opportunity to really figure out a little bit of something on, on this Jets defense. And I love when, when they say Bill Belichick wants to take away your, like the thing you do best, because like what coach would be like, you know what, I'm going to let them do the thing that they do best, but I'm going to take <laughs> away the stuff that they don't do very good. You know, yeah, like it's a great point. It's a great point. I feel like Football is a simple yet complicated game. Maybe the amendment to the statement should be Bill Belichick does a very good job of eliminating what you do best. Not he's going to try to do it. Just that, yeah. in fact, he does a very good job of it. So, I, yeah, I, th I think that's it as well. But I also think it's like, I think it's like, for whatever reason, it like messes with people's psyche, right? It's like, oh, we're playing Bill Belichick. He's going to take away the thing we do best. Like, I think it like, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. I think he like speaks it into existence. Yeah. I think at this point, you're probably right because this Patriots team isn't what I think a lot of people are accustomed to. Uh, I mean, obviously in its heyday with Tom Brady and all, definitely not. But even last year, the Patriots were uh, starting at a faster pace than they are right now in terms of their season. And I, I just keep coming back to that bills game. The one where they ran it like every single play uh, granted. Some of that was the weather in Buffalo and everything like that, but the Patriots still forced to be reckoned with. And especially for this jets team that hasn't beaten the Patriots in 12 straight games, putting that out there. And uh, that is to me, the matchup, how this jets rush defense is going to, Hold yes. up against the Patriots running back. So yep. that'll be something to watch. And then moving on to the fourth quarter here comes down to number two for the Jets, Zach Wilson. The Patriots still pretty dang good at turning the football over. Zach Wilson hasn't been doing that after his start in Pittsburgh. Yeah, three okay. of them, three. Uh, if you're listening to this and you're cussing me out and you're like, you just jinxed it. Well, um, I'm not superstitious in that sense. So. That's a you problem, my friend. But anyway, how important is it for Zach Wilson, specifically this game, to not turn the football over? It's incredibly important. Um, 
the funny thing that we, we, and we need to work this in somewhere for sure. But like, you know, when you don't turn the ball over and you have this type of defense and you have this special teams, the best in the league, then you give yourself an opportunity to win. So that's going to be, it's not going to, the key is going to be penalties and turnovers, which every coach says since the beginning of time. But in this case, it's exceptionally true because really Zach Wilson's not putting the team on his shoulders the way some other quarterbacks do. But what's happening is, is they're working him in and growing him game by game, situation by situation. Bill Belichick will come up with tricks in that defense so that he doesn't know what he's looking at to try to make him turn the ball over. Let's not do that because that's the key here because the defense special teams, the starting field position for the jets fourth best in the NFL and it's not just off like one play that's, you know, changing the, changing the, skewing the results, right? It's like consistency from that, from, from, and it sounds really silly, but these small things will add up and you just don't turn the ball over. That will be the key to this matchup. And of course, similar to what the Jets or what we think the Patriots are going to want to do on offense in terms of running the ball, you'd imagine that by what you just said, Bill Belichick's going to be like, you know what? We're going to put this game in Zach Wilson's hands. You yes. beat us. Yep. So, And when you look at the numbers, Zach Wilson started, it was his second game in the NFL that he played against his Patriots defense at MetLife Stadium. He threw four interceptions. It was not a good day at the office for Zach Wilson, but he's come a long way since that time. Just yep. what do you expect from Zach Wilson this year against this Patriots team? Yeah. So one thing we saw last game that was really interesting and encouraging was more use of Garrett Wilson on shorter passes as well. So four receptions, 24 yards on five targets of passes of fewer than 10 air yards, meaning you're seeing people go, obviously part of that was because Corey Davis left injured. Like there's like, you know, there's reasons for all of it, but at the end of the day, being able to be used in a multitude of ways, short passes, that's going to be a key. If you don't have Brees Hall catching them, then figuring it out with other players, you know, that's, that's going to be an interesting part of this game because you're right. I think that the strategy for Bill Belichick will be like, let's make Zach throw. Let's see what happens. And you know, it's, it's, and he's going to try to make him throw deep too, because that's just what's, what's been happening. So, you know, it's, it's, it's trying to figure out how to, to mix up the looks to make it something that he's comfortable with and increase the probability of the pass being caught without doing things that confuse the receivers. So that's, and, and you saw different use cases last, you know, last game. So. And obviously we're going to have to monitor the status of Corey Davis, who won't practice today as we record Wednesday, but that would be a, a big loss for the Jets if he's not able to play on Sunday. Elijah Moore, however, is expected to be back in the lineup, according to Robert Sala. So that's something else to keep an eye on. As we wrap up here, Cynthia, you, I feel like in in my, I don't know, I'm not, I don't want to say my time here, but I was going to say like in the past couple of years, my time. I here. feel like in my time, I feel like, like that maybe like pull out a pipe in my time here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this Jets team has one of, if not the best chance to beat the Patriots to end the losing skid than in recent years than than I can remember. Would you agree with that? Hundred percent. I mean, just look at what Carl Lawson and Quinn Williams. They had six pressures apiece last game. That pressure front, I think, makes you very encouraged to see what could potentially happen. I already ran my models for the week and usually I like don't talk about like what it is before they're released because NFL.com gets very particular, but 
I have the Jets winning this game. The model came up with the Jets winning this game. So, you know, it, it's it's logically going. And look, I had to I had to guess about quarterback, but I ran it for both quarterbacks. You know, I ran the situations and all the different schemes for both quarterbacks, and it came up with a win, not a seven or fourteen point win, but a, it came up with a win. And that's not how models work, right? Model rarely would predict something that's doubled. It. Like that's just that's not how running lots of simulations work. So, but the model came up with it no matter who was at quarterback. So. It was an interesting note. And one little fun fact for like when you're hanging out with your friends this weekend, okay. uh, last time the Patriots were last entering the AFC East in week eight, guess what year it was? I don't even know if you were born. Okay. You were born, but <laughs> you were born, but, uh, I know the answer, but I'm going to, I would have guessed like 2012, but it was 2000, 2000. Yeah. Yep. Do you I mean, Will you be able to tell me off the top of your head the Billboard's number one song in 2000? I can make something up for you. Yeah, um, yeah, no, make, do you know it? it? Um, I, I, just looked, I just looked it up. Oh, you just looked it up? I looked it up Sheesh. because you said 2000. I mean, I was in like early high school, so... Gosh, I mean, I hope it was like Britney Spears or something like that. Do you, do you want me to give you like... How about I give you the top five and you yeah. or okay. The top five, and you can tell me which one was number one. The, here's the top five in no particular order. Maria Maria by Santana featuring the product GNB. I want to know, Joe, everything you want, vertical horizon, breathe by Faith Hill, and smooth by Santana. Good year for Santana, by the way. Smooth and Maria Huge. Maria. Well, that's why I don't think it's Santana because he's got two. It's like splitting the vote. Um, I think breathe by faith Hill. Wow. That's it. Winner, winner, chicken, Cynthia. I'm, that's it. I'm playing the lottery today. I'm playing the lottery today. <laughs> that is incredible. <laughs> uh, the sixth song, probably the most popular song right now out of the bunch that I just said is say my name, destiny's child. That was six. First that of was all, six. how was that? So, that was that like, that was that long ago. Whew. Kryptonite by Three Doors Down. I mean, we're talking about some bangers here. Bye 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 by NSYNC was number 21. I was not expecting that. We I got mean, the Mark Anthony. Wow. Celine Dion. Country Celine Grammar Dion. by Nelly. Country yep. Grammar. Yep. <laughs> it's weird that Country Grammar and something Celine Dion were contemporaries. You know what I mean? I like, know. Like, like, and coming wild. in at number 40, All the Small Things by Blink-182. Blink One Eighty Two just announced like a new a new uh, tour or whatever. I it's it was pretty funny. Wow. I was like, they're still around. What? I feel like I'm in a time warp right now. I yeah. I mean, blue like um blue da, uh, Eiffel Six. I don't even know those words. Ba booty ba booda Yeah, <laughs> that's forty nine. Oh man, this is this is these something songs else. have really lasted the test of time. You know. Yeah. Okay. Well, that I, I don't know what better way to end the game preview podcast than that. No, you know, I don't think we not, can. I hope you have a wonderful Halloween with oh, all the candy that you want, all the Skittles, because chocolate is not in your uh, in your DNA for this weekend. Clearly, I like it. I hope those kids. I hope those kids are listening to the pod and they walk all the way up and you're like, "Here's your king size candy bar, kid. Good okay. for you." One more question. One more question. What is Sheldon being for Halloween? And when I say Sheldon, I mean your neighbor, not actually Sheldon Rankins. 
Okay, so I well, I don't know what Sheldon Rankins is doing, but I asked <laughs> Sheldon and he said he's going to come over and show me. So I won't know until I'll know this time next week. But I asked him and he told me it was good. But he told me I, I feel like it's a train. He's going to be a train because he's like obsessed with trains. So, okay, but I don't I don't know. It, he's going to have to come over and show me. I mean, I think it was just like a shameless plug to get like a lot of candy because he knows that I really like him. Mm -hmm. So I'll be like, here you go. Dump the whole bag. Yeah. Yeah, okay. That's the kind of candy giver outer I am. I'm too. I'm a little. I'm like, oh, you're cute. Here's everything. <laughs> so you're, you're doing the eye test. Candy. You're like, do I like the costume or do I not like the costume? Because that'll determine if you get half well, of the. Well, but then skin. if I don't like the costume, unless it's like scary and you're like an old teenager who should like not yeah. be trick or treating. I mean, then I'm like, oh, that's a bad costume. I got to give you a pity candy. Like it's, I just, mm. I'm an overgiver. I can't help it. And so I so feel cool. like, what's a pity candy? Almond joy? No, like that's extra. Like I, I, it's all good stuff. I'm not giving you an almond joy. Kids don't like almond joys. Well, I don't know I thought, anyone who I, likes almond joys. Me neither. But that's why I thought maybe you'd be handing out some like, I don't like the costume. There's an almond joy. No, no, okay. the opposite. I'm like, oh, they their parents don't care. Here's extra. Just kidding. <laughs> All right, great. And that's how we wrap up the Game Preview <laughs> Podcast. If you're listening to this, go to Cynthia Freeland's house for candy because she will give you a lot. And if you're coming to me, you better be prepared to walk up Mount Everest. And <laughs> Cynthia, good luck to your candy stash. We'll talk to you next week. <laughs> Sounds good.